course, uh, we asked about the meaning of the half coin, why it specifically has to be a half, and other questions. And then we went into a discussion about the uh, various parts of the entire spiritual cosmos. There is the revelation of Hashem, the Eures, there are the vessels, and the garments, and the chambers. And so far, what we learned is that, that there's a distinction between the vessels and the garments. We give a few analogies. Um, we spoke about how the, um, uh, um, the limbs of the body are united with the energy in them, and they themselves are alive. Um, they alter the divine energy in them to function in commensurate to the realm that they're in, like the physical eye harnesses the soul power of the, of the neshama to see, to see physical things, and now the eye itself sees. So that's how vessels work. The vessels unite with the energy, and they become one with the energy, and they, uh, and they, and they, and they transmit and project it according to what they are. As opposed to garments, garments are something foreign from the energy that um, that they harness, that they are that is within them. They're separate from it, and the garments merely channel the uh, um, and project the energy, but they don't become one with it. The analogy we gave is of letters. Um, letters are called are called garments. There are different kinds of letters. We learned about the letters of thought and letters of speech, letters of action. We also learned about three le- levels within le- levels of thought, le- letters of thought. There's thinking about an idea without even know, know, knowing that there are letters in your mind. There's thinking about how to transmit the idea in words. And there's thinking about the words themselves that, you are, that you're transmitting or looking at the letters in a Sefer Torah, where you're just thinking about the letters themselves. But in, even in the highest level of, of letters of thought, where you don't even notice that there's letters there, um, still there are letters there, and letters are distinct from the... Um, idea that you're transmitting. And that's why Rashi and the Rambam may say the same thing, and yet they are um, using different words. Um, and, and the low person could put a lot of his soul into his words, but it doesn't mean the words themselves are alive. I mean, it just means you're injecting the words life, but not that the words themselves possess life, because words and the energy in them are distinct. They're not the same thing. They're separate. Let's continue on now on 271. Why is it that vessels are united with the energy within them, the, the godly energy in them, and garments are separate from the divine energy in them? There is a different entity. They're not one with the entity that, that, that is in them. It's not because of what vessels are and what garments are. It's not because the garments are so low. That they're unable to unite with the lion. There are four parts of the spiritual ladder. There's a physical of the physical. There's a spiritual of the physical. There's a physical of the spiritual. And there's a spiritual of the spiritual. So in that ladder, letters of thought are the physical of the spiritual. The limbs of the body, which are able to contain the soul energy in the body, the limbs of the body are the spiritual part of the physical. You hear that? Okay. How do you do us? So what's higher? 
the limbs of the body, which are able to contain and become one with the energy within them, or the letters of thought, are, which, are, which, are the spirit, which are the physical part of the spiritual. The, the physical, the spiritual, the letters of thought are more spiritual than the limbs of the body, which are the uh, spiritual of the physical. The 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 edelkite, the refinement. We're not talking about the, the, just the limbs of the body themselves. We're talking about the the, the 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 refinement that is in limbs of the body. The refinement, let's say, that's in the physical organ of the eye that 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 allows it to receive the energy of seeing. That refinement is still the spiritual, the physical. It's not the physical, the spiritual. The eye basically is just a conduit of, of transfer of whatever it is of the your brain or your mind. Now. Translates, translates it, it's spiritual, it's physical, it's total gashness, it's with me. What do you do with it? With what? With whatever your eye you see. So your eye is the spiritual part of the physical. It's a more a refined uh, it's built in a way to receive divine energy. It's built to receive a, a spiritual force. It's built to receive the power of sight. Isn't the divine energy only if your mind translates it that way? Otherwise, it's called kind. The Kasu Shalom can take a step further, like the Nazis did it, and did it like. Uh, uh, we're, we're talking about. No, we're not talking about the Hatsum Nazis. We're talking about how. We're talking about what is it, according to Chassidus? What does Chassidus define, oh. define the limbs of the body? The limbs of the body, what are they? Are, are, they, are they physical or are they spiritual? It says they're built to be spiritual. They're built to contain the spiritual. Right. Okay. Then there's the letters of thought. Letters of thought, they're not just built to contain spiritual. They are spiritual. They are not physical. They're, they're the physical of the spiritual. They're not, I mean, in our senses, we don't, we, don't, we can't, we can't um, harness the, uh, we, can't, we can't connect with the, the letters of thought. They can't see your or touch or any of my senses can't 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 even connect with your letters of thought and or my letters of thought. So that's be, that's because thought is the spiritual, the, the physical, the spiritual. However, the limbs of the body, you, your your senses can touch them, and and why? Because the limbs of the body are the physical of the spiritual. Uh, there are the are the spiritual, the physical. So we are saying that the reason why it's possible for it seems the reason why it's possible for the uh, for the for the letters, for the garments, um, sorry, the reason why it's possible for the limbs of the body to become one with the divine energy within them is because they are more spiritual. That says not true. The letters of thought are more spiritual than the limbs of the body. So what then is the reason why the letters of thought are able to, um, are not able to unite with his energy within them, and the limbs of the body are able to unite with the divine energy in them? Despite the fact that letters are, of thought are more spiritual, they remain distinct from the divine energy in them, unlike the limbs of the body, which, which, are, which are themselves animated with the spiritual energy of the soul. So the reason why vessels can unite and garments cannot is not because one's more spiritual than the other, because the opposite. In this analogy, we see that the garments are more spiritual than the, than the vessels. Rather, it's because of their very, the fiber, the very stuff that they're made of, vessels are united with the light and garments are not. It's because of what they are, not because about the material they're made of. In this analogy, the, the garments are more spiritual 
there than the vessels. And yet, the garments are built to be separate and vessels are not. Vessels become built to be united with the energy in them. Whereas also helps understand regarding the vessels and garments in Shemayim, in heaven, vessels unite with the light within them and reveal it. And the garments remain distinct from the light and they hide the light, they conceal the light. However, we still need to understand according to what we just explained. We said that vessels unite with the light. The vessels and the light are one. And the Zohar says he and the lights are one, he and the vessels are one. However, in the world of Bria, unlike the world of Atzils, where there's such unity, in the world of Bria, we don't say he and the lights are one, he and the vessels are one. So it seems in the world of Bria, there is no concept of vessels, because the idea of vessels is unity. And since the world of Bria, does not have, the world of Bria which is compared to the throne room, where there's so, soldiers and officers and ministers which are all standing in reverence to the king, but they're not the king. Unlike the king's chamber, where all there is there is, is just the king. So the world of Bria, where there isn't that level of unity, the word that the operator, the, the, the main um, word to describe the transmission of the divine energy in the world of Bria should be, it would seem, the, gar- the word garment, not the word vessel. Because in Bria, it's, there isn't the level of unity there is in the world of Matzilis. And garments are separate from the energy in them, just like they are by human beings. That our um, ability to, our, our thought and our, and, and our intelligence are, are distinct from each other. However, it says in the Zohar, it says, Gar- you have made garments for them, and from the garments, souls emerge for people. That sentence is not only referring to the world of Yitzhak, that there are garments you've made for them, garments you've made for the lights, but also it's referring to the world of Bria. But we just said that, we started the discourse saying that the, the, the lights, vessels, garments, and chambers correspond to the four worlds. So the world of Atsilos is mainly about lights, and all the Bria is about vessels. But according to what we just learned, the world of Bria is... Is, doesn't have the level of unity that Atzilus does, and therefore why are we talking about the world of Bria being associated with vessels when the world of Bria doesn't have that level of unity? So the explanation is that there are two different kinds of garments. Chaim, um, Chaim. That gives an example to, this, to explain different kinds of, of garments. It's possible that a garment that is worn controls the energy that is vested in the garment. For example, as I said in the last week's Torah portion, the law about bribery. So, what, what, why can't you take a bribe? Let's say you know the guy is right. So why don't you make some money on the side also? You know the guy is right, then you're also going to collect some money. Why not? The Torah says bribery blinds you. Although you, you are... Um, um, it seems your mind is looking at the case objectively. However, you'd want to take the money. And that's the difference between um, desire and intellect. The desire has no, um, has nothing that, 
There's no vessel that holds desire. There's no, no, there's no part of the body where desire isn't, or desire is specifically. Desire is also not affected by reasons and logic. Desire remains, even if you give reasons for the desire, desire remains aloof. Desire decrees. The desire says this is what this is the way it has to be, and it can't be any other way. Unlike um, um, desire, in, the in, in intellect is made of many details. Desire does not have details. That's why Mitzvah Shem Rav said that fin- we're going to finish Masechta. Um, actually, we're going to finish because I'm going to get to eat the, uh, the food at the seam. Um, we're going to finish Masechta and Dar. So when you get one page before the end, you haven't completed anything in your desire to complete the Masechta. You complete the Masechta when you completed the Masechta. Even though you would think you did most of the Masechta, but if what you wanted is to complete Masechta and Adarim, you haven't started with that desire. Um, That's why I guess you actually get the seal with the celebration. When you finish. When we actually finish those few lines. Right, right. When you finish those few lines... Right. Sure. You, 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 the, the excitement is that you're going to finish the lines, but what's the, the excitement is about the, the, the conclusion. Well, that, so, that makes the completion. Right. So, so when, you, when you give a reason um, for um, a desire that you have, oh, the, the desire is now um, manipulated by the reason, it would seem. But what's more dominant? You want, let's say, the bribe, you have now a reason why this person is why this person is innocent. So, what's the more dominant fact over here? The fact that you're being bribed, the fact that your mind says this person is innocent. Which which one will have? How innocent is he? How much do you want him to get this bribe? The more powerful um, ingredient over here is your desire. Although the desire may be altered by the reasons. That um, that you find for this person to be innocent or guilty, but what's more powerful here is the desire. It's not that when you give a reason for your desire, um, you want this person, to, you want to get the money, and therefore you find a reason why this person is innocent. Uh, even if you wouldn't find a reason, you'd still want to do it anyways. But when you give a reason for it, you could justify it to yourself and say, yeah, this person is correct. But it's not that this has now become an intellectual exercise. It's not become a... This, 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 there's, there's still a monkey in the courtroom. It, 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 it's, it's not that now that you've discovered a reason why the person is innocent, um, so now this is about the reason. It's more like your desire has affected your logic to think this way. But if you wouldn't find a reason, you'd still want to make the person innocent. You still have to fulfill that desire. And that's why the Gemara says you cannot measure the mitzvahs of the Torah. You can't say these mitzvahs are more important, these mitzvahs are less important. Mitzvahs are the desire of Hashem. Hashem says about mitzvahs, I have pleasure because you've done my will. In desire, we just said that there's no distinction of details, right? If you want to finish the Masechta, you want to finish the whole Masechta. There's no distinction of details. So there's no difference between one mitzvah and another, a more weighty mitzvah, a lesser mitzvah. It's all the desire of Hashem. But that's just mitzvahs. What about Torah? Torah is about our appreciation of Hashem's wisdom. It explains the mitzvahs. From the perspective, it's a mitzvah to study Torah, true, but let's look at the idea of Torah. Um, let's isolate what Torah is itself. What is the Torah? Torah is understanding of the mitzvahs. There is a difference between 
um, one mitzvah and another. We can look at the details and say this mitzvah is weightier, this mitzvah is less weighty. But when the desire of Hashem is vested in the logic of Torah, although from the perspective of the logic of Torah, you would say this is weightier and this is not so weighty, this is more important, this is less important. But you know that ultimately they're the same. Although you've now looked at it from the analysis of logic and said this is more, more important, this is less important, but you know that, what, that Hashem is... Let's just say this, make it very clear. There are three kinds of mitzvahs. Mitzvahs which, which, which are, we have reasons for, mitzvahs which we don't have reasons for, mitzvahs which we, uh, once we do them we could explain. Mitzvahs ve'edus, like keeping Shabbos, you could explain that once we keep Shabbos, but keeping Shabbos because Hashem rests on the seventh day. What started first? Did Hashem want them first and then have a reason? Or did Hashem have a reason and then, and then want them? Hashem's desire preceded the reason for the mitzvahs. Not only that, the fact that some mitzvahs are understood to our mind Hashem is, is because Hashem wanted those mitzvahs to go down to the level of logic. But the reason that Hashem chose some and didn't choose others is beyond logic and reason. That is a choik. It is a desire of Hashem beyond logic and reason. Why he chose that honoring your father and mother should become some, something that's logical. He decided that's something that, that the human mind should not comprehend. If he would have decided that para aduma would make sense to us, then we would have understood para aduma. Why did he choose para aduma that we should not understand? And the midst of honoring your father and mother, we should understand. That's something he knows. He, he, and and not, 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 not he knows. It's beyond logic and reason. It's a desire of Hashem. It's, it's not because of a reason. Because of, it's, it's because of a choik, it's a desire. So even after you give reasons for mitzvahs, the mitzvahs remain the desire of Hashem. And that's why you can't measure them. Looking at it from a halachic perspective, looking at the consequences, you could say this is more, this is less. But, then, but that's only the way it's dressed in logic. What is the mitzvah? The mitzvah is Hashem wants. And so to um, regarding the uh, analog, Shom Aleichem. Kabbalah talks about the divine energy that facilitated the redemption from Egypt. And he uses the words that Chachman Bina dressed the arms of Arach Anpin. In English, Chachman Bina is intelligence, Arach Anpin is desire. The desire of Hashem went into the realm of logic. So, although we said before, that um, that garments are distinct, garments are separate. Uh, from the perspective of logic, would Hashem take us out of Egypt? No. The Gemara says that uh, they embittered our, 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 the lives of our forefathers in Egypt. And the word forefathers refers to Chachma and Bina. So they embitter not just our Chachma and Bina, they embitter the perspective of logic, the divine logic, to say these people are undeserving of redemption. They, 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 they can't be redeemed. And why was there redemption? Redemption was because of because of God's desire for his people. So although God desired to redeem us, it's a desire beyond logic and reason, yet this desire was dressed in Chachma and Bina. Hashem, so to speak, made a reason for this desire. Why did it have to be dressed in desire? Sorry, why did it have to be dressed in logic and reason? Let's go on page 273 on top. Second line. By the, by the dot, 273. 
Although the, the redemption from Egypt was because God desires us, not because of logic, yet Hashem, in order to facilitate the redemption, caused his desire to descend to the realm of logic as well. The logic should say that we deserve redemption as well. Why? From the perspective of desire, from the perspective of, of the level of the crown, light and darkness are the same. But Hashem doesn't want it to be just everything, everything being the same. He wants the Egyptians to be punished. He wants the Jewish people to be saved. So the desire of Hashem, which is beyond the spiritual cosmos, that from that perspective, everything is equal. He wants that should come into the realm of the spiritual cosmos and decide the Jewish people should be saved. And therefore, it has to go into, it can't remain at the level of Kesser. The level of Kesser, everything's equal. It has to go into, into the spiritual cosmos. So that desire to redeem us had to go in the realm of the spiritual cosmos, into the realm of logic, and to dictate to logic. From the perspective of logic itself, we would not be redeemed. We don't deserve redemption. The desire of Hashem manipulated the logic of the divine logic, so the divine logic should say, yeah, surely they deserve to be redeemed. Similar to what I mentioned before about the Mishpat, Hashem desired that the, these laws should be understood to our minds. He desired, it's beyond logical reason why He chose these and not others, but He desired that logic should agree that these mitzvahs make sense. The, the, the redemption did not come from logic. Redemption came from desire. It came from Kesser. But it had to go into, into logic and be, dict- and be dictated by desire. So too is this true in regards to the way the intellect enters the realm of the feelings. Our thoughts produce feelings. How does our thought produce feelings? What happens when the realm of the intellect, of the objective, and the realm of the emotions meet? He says like this. You're, although your intellect is altered according to your feelings, however, what's dominant here is your intellect. You have produced feelings that are based upon your intellect. So your feelings are not your natural feelings, which are without the intellect, just the way you feel naturally. Rather, your thought has produced feelings, has created different kinds of feelings. They've changed your feelings to be intellectual feelings, feelings based on intellect. Your feeling is based upon your understanding. You understand in your mind, I need to do kindness. And therefore, you have kindness now in your heart. You understand that this person is guilty, this person does not deserve, and therefore you withhold. What's in control? Your mind. That's one kind of garment where what's being controlled, the lower level is being controlled by the higher level. In this instance, the feelings are being dictated and controlled by the intellect. That's one way, where the, the lower is being dominated by the higher.
You know what the word TMI means? Too much information. <laughs> we have not so much time. Um, we, we, let's just say for today, uh, before we conclude, the following. The vessels of the world of Bria, we asked that it seems the world of Bria is associated with vessels. And we learned by the human body that the vessels unite with the energy in them. And it would seem that the world of Bria, where we don't find the kind of unity that there is in the world of Atsilus, um, it would seem the world of Bria is associated with garments, not with vessels. Because the, with the word vessel, like in the human body, the vessels become one with the energy. Unlike the world of Bria, where there is a distinction between the between the light and the vessel, and the and the vessels of, Atsil, of Bria, and therefore the operation, the, the most important word in the world of Bria would seem the word garments, not the world, not the word uh, vessels. And yet we said that in the four worlds, the world of Bria is most associated with vessels, not with garments. So which one is it? Is the world of Bria associated with vessels which are united with the energy in them, like the um, limbs of the body, or is the world of Bria the uh, the, the the world the world the world of garments? So, David just says this. This is a lot more, but for, let's conclude like with this for today, and tomorrow we'll go into more detail. Although in the world of Bria, the vessels and the lights are not one with each other, there's a separation. However, there is a detail in the garments in the world of Bria that is similar to the vessels and the lights. And that's why the world of Bria is associated with the word vessel more than the word um, garment. In the world of Bria, although there is a separation, there's something distinct, as we learned before, that the world of Bria is like the throne room where there are officers, where there are ministers, and the king is there, but there's other th- people there as well. Nevertheless, the, the, whatever exists in the throne room is totally abnegated in the presence of the king. And so too, in the world of Bria, the main energy in the world of Bria is the divine energy. Everyone is in a state of total nullification to the divine energy. The previous Rebbe once said, the world of Bria, is the, it, it exists, it's something. But what is its somethingness? Its somethingness is its divakus, its attachment to godliness. That's what it is. So the main component in the world of Bria is the divine energy. And it's similar to uh, fish in the water. As soon as the fish leave the water, they stop, they, they can't live. So although they exist outside the water, but they don't not alive outside the water. The fish feel that what's the main thing? They're at their source. And so to the, the the creations of the world of Bria, they are submerged within their source. Elsewhere Chassidus says that the world of Bria is analogous to the fish in the sense that when you look at the, at the water, you don't even see the fish. All you all you see is is the divine source. And so to the world of Bria, you don't there's no sense of self. You feel more the divine source than you feel yourself. Like, think about being in the throne room. When you're in front of the king, you don't feel yourself as much as you feel the king's presence. But yet, you still exist. So that's why, on the one hand, we're comparing it to uh, garments. There's something distinct. On the other hand, it has something in it that's similar to um, similar to vessels. And that is the main component of the world of Bria is the revelation of godliness, revelation of Hashem. And that's why, the, the in the classification of the four worlds, we're classifying the world of Bria as the world of Caelan, the world of vessels, not the world of garments, because... Although it is distinct from its divine energy, but what is its definition? Its definition is its attachment to divine energy, its abnegation to Hashem. Okay, we should be continued.
Great to have Zev. Yikes. Great to have David. Great to have Battle.